Hey, what up? Welcome to Tangible Takeaways, episode 96. Uh, here again with another weird episode as our studio is still in Christmas mode. Uh, and so uh, glad that I can be on here with Mikey today. Thanks for taking the time, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We're almost at episode 100. So let's push through this. We're, we're doing good. I'm glad to be here. Don't even get me started, bro. Episode 100 is going to be crazy. We haven't totally landed on exactly what episode 100 is going to look like. Uh-huh. But we're talking about a 100-minute live stream on Wednesday at lunch. Bring in a bunch of different guests. Let's take live questions. Yes. I mean, episode 100 is going to be off the chain. So put it on your calendar, mark it right now. I don't even know what date it is. It's four weeks from now. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be awesome. Um, but this weekend, we hit week two of uh, our One Another series where we've been talking about the way that we should interact with each other. Yeah. And we got to this interesting idea of bear one another's burdens and uh, or carry each other's burdens. And uh, naturally, I just thought it made so much sense to talk to you along the practical application of that because you're working with our care ministry and uh, the way that we're operating in support and recovery and things like that. And so um, what would you say, maybe even before we get into some of the like theological sides of things, Mm -hmm. what are just like if somebody was listening to this and was like, man, I am burdened, like I have a I have a lot of things going on in my life. Uh, what are some things that HDC does that helps kind of come along? Like, obviously, like we heard this weekend, get in a growth group. Yeah. That's going to be the primary way to be cared for and yeah. connected to people. But what are some things that HDC does that are ways that we're coming alongside people to help bear some of those burdens? Yeah. You know, Jack, that's a good question. And if, if you're watching and you've been either, you know, toying around with the idea or, or wondering yourself, how do I, you know, How do I get the help that I need? You know, I appreciate so greatly our weekend message pointing people towards community. Um, When we think about the things that we're going through, how difficult they are um, and the issues that we might be having in and out of seasons, um, we just have to remember God designed us to live in community. So I greatly appreciate the message directing us to connect to community. And then I think of, man, I can't help but think of our Tuesday night um, recovery and support group leaders. We have everything from men's pure life uh, and then, uh, you know, the opposite of the men's pure life is the is the dealing with sexual betrayal. Um, that's a women's support group that that have those certain ish, um, issues right now that they're working through. Uh, we also have uh, anxiety and depression starting. Um, it started this week, actually, on Tuesday nights at 630 on the Victorville campus. We have we have that support group and we go through good curriculum um, and we just we have a, a support network for you. People that will listen to you, people that will pray for you. We have our uh, divorce care group for folks that are dealing with these issues in their lives. We want to bring those biblical truths, but we also want to provide community. Um, we, we have um, our Together Living with Cancer group. And, you know, I've been talking with them recently. And if you're listening and you know a loved one or have someone in your life that is dealing with cancer or or um, or even just terminal illness, that's not cancer. Mm -hmm. And this group would be an immense resource for you. It's just such a great resource. I I had a conversation with the family just recently about how um, they, they actually have it's stage three kidney disease. It's not cancer. However, it is terminal. And just the the roller coaster of not only emotions but doctor's appointments, different treatment methods, uh, and and even just our understanding of our health, man, it is mm-hmm. so hard to bear by yourselves. That's why these groups fulfill scripture in this way by bearing with one another. They come alongside you. They they truly do carry it with you. And I'm reminded of uh, of the illustration from 
the weekend with Pastor Todd when he got a group of volunteers on stage lifting up that piano case at the same time. Um, it took all of them to lift it in the way that they lifted it in order to move it. And I think of if you're in a season right now where you wouldn't just benefit from community, but you couldn't do it without them. Um, I would just strongly encourage to to allow uh, you give yourself the permission to step into community, be called to community through obedience and, and get that help. Because one thing HDC likes to do is we, we prepare generations of world changers and, mm. and the ages of these support groups aren't, you know, they're, they're not only one age group. It's, it's all around. We have people in their 30s that are in the Together Living with Cancer group, along with people in their 80s. So this mm. is so great uh and, and it doesn't again sickness doesn't discriminate you know uh, our, our our seasons don't discriminate it's every age it's all ages so to make them more available to people in order that we can truly um you know embody this bearing with one another uh, man it, it just works in a great way when you're in community so yeah mm. yeah those are some great examples bro and i just think such a um such a cool thing that we don't just talk about this, but we're committed to that idea of carrying each other's burdens. And honestly, that's been something that's been so consistently good about HDC for mm -hmm. so long. And uh, it's something that I think because it's really hard in a lot of ministry environments to get those great leaders that you have in those oh, yeah. support and recovery groups, those great volunteers who show up week in and week out. Yeah. And it's heavy stuff, man. Like that's a those are hard groups to lead because there's just a weight to it and uh, and they do it and they they do that as a service and a sacrifice to um, God's people and I just love the way that we walk that talk there and uh, and I would say you know one of the things that God has gifted you in great ways in as well is just this idea of burden bearing of mm. of coming alongside people shepherding helping encouraging uh, I would imagine that it hasn't always been that way for you, though. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about when you kind of started to get serious about bearing other people's burdens and yeah. even the selflessness that that requires. Mm. Um, what what did taking maybe some steps in that direction, some initial steps, what did that look like for you? Yeah, you know, I do believe um, I have a, a spiritual gift and it's been affirmed by, you know, my spiritual leadership in my life, my pastors, all these other things that... Um, my spiritual gift of service and of compassion uh, at the same time, uh, th those didn't exist. Those gifts did not exist pre uh, my conversion to Christianity, pre me putting my faith and trust in, into God and, and repenting and having faith in Jesus. Um, I, I had a lack of compassion and I didn't care. I was indifferent really about others going through things because I feel like I, uh, I didn't have the easiest childhood. I didn't have the most difficult, but it was also one of those things where um, I, I wasn't raised in the church to, to have this understanding. What what mm. ended up happening was when when I became a Christian, uh, I started to to change my ways in terms of allowing the Holy Spirit to sanctify me in terms of not looking like the old me, looking like a new me. Uh, and to tell you the truth, it took discipling. I wasn't even on staff yet. I was working full time. My wife and I, we just had our firstborn. Our, our twins were born 10 years ago last Wednesday. So I, I think of those times when um, pastors here on staff, um, they would reach out to me and they would give me ministry opportunities. And well, in those ministry opportunities, uh, I found uh, I found either 
like the definite point of no, this is not my gifting, um, or or I was energized by the times um, that, and the opportunities I got to serve in ministry. Uh, one of them happened to be a house call with Pastor David Beardsley. Um, he he always was on the phone with people. So many different relationships and connections and important dates and things were in his head at all times. So he would say, "Hey, um, I'm going to go do this. Do you want to join me?" And again, being a volunteer back then, I didn't think anything of it. I thought, okay, well, maybe this is just, he needs help and, and sure, I'd like to help. Uh, but but going to do home visits and praying with people in their homes um, as they're experiencing terminal illness um, and just seeing um, just seeing people's lives uh, just point to God's glory rather than their condition. Man, it was mm-hmm. so energizing. You know, uh, I, I do have other experiences where Pastor Paul put me on the stage in front of 300 small group leaders. And I thought, this is not my gifting. I, I can learn to do it, but this is not my gifting. Um, so so I would say one of the pivotal times for me was uh, early on in ministry. I'm on I'm on staff full time now um, and getting to, to do ministry with guys like Pastor Tim Wheeler, um, doing ministry with guys like uh, Pastor David Beardsley and, and even Pastor Paul Gostanian. Um, having these tangible times of of walking into homes or or doing hospital visits, bringing our Bibles to hospitals to just read Scripture to people to encourage them and and just give exhortation, mm-hmm. uh, man, uh, those are the times that I uh, I look back at and realize that didn't that didn't drain me of the energy. It actually gave me energy and it, and it, mm-hmm. it brought vitality to life and and being able to look for those opportunities. So now in care. Um, for for Tuesday night support groups or for for the prayer requests that we pray for every weekend, every weekend, when you fill out your prayer request, y'all, and you let us know what's going on, we pray for them. <laughs> if you tell us the dates of things that are coming up, we will call you on those dates. We we will get the prayer request to the right people to make sure that you guys feel connected because we take so greatly the opportunity to pray for you guys. We take that such a, a humble honor to do that. So, you know, it's these things that, that helped um, me in my ministry that I try to influence and help others to have that same value, even the yeah. younger or the newer guys on staff or people on staff at all. Um, we're always, you know, during our staff meetings and things like this, keeping up to date on prayer requests and things and, and how we can come alongside people and, uh, and, and share in those burdens, carry those burdens with one another. So for me personally, I, I still count it such a blessing, man. I wake up and, and I realize I get to do what I get to do. And um, yeah. yeah, no, knowing in no way do I deserve to do what I get to do or to partake in the life change that's happening in so many families of our church. Mm. Um, but I'm grateful for the opportunities and I look forward to what the future of ministry looks like here at HTC. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, bro. That's such a great way to kind of summarize the journey that has happened. And even as I'm listening to your story, I'm hearing some kind of like core themes there. Like there's this initial um, gifting or prompting that happens mm. when you gave your life to Christ, you're starting to live in obedience to him. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm just kind of pulled in a direction. And so I got to figure that out. And then what I love and has been so true for me as well, because we're all, whether we get paid for it or not, we're all called to this. That's what I love about this series. We're all called to carry each other's burdens. We're all called to love each other. We're all called to these ways that we interact with each other. And for me and for you, very similar in this part of our story, a lot of experimentation of like, yeah. okay, I'm feeling this prompting. I'm feeling this pull. Let's go check it out. Like, let's see. Oh, I suck at this, uh, but I want to get better. I suck at this and I don't want to get better. I just would like to avoid it if I could. Um, 
oh, this gives me a lot of life. Like I really enjoy this. And I think as we get those opportunities, so many people I think are scared to take that first step of getting involved, that first step of serving. And it's like, man, why, why not try out serving at a, at a, at a kid's ministry level? Um, why not try that out for a few months? And if it's not your thing and you're like, these kids are a nightmare, that's okay. Let's move on. Let's let's try something else out. Yeah. Yeah, Like that's, it's okay. You don't have to have this like thunderbolt experience. You will serve in productions. You will serve in care ministry. Like you don't have to have that experience. It can be, I think God enjoys taking us on that journey of discovery in the way that he's gifted and designed us and equipped us. And I think in that process, we come to be thankful for it all the more realizing, man, there are so many things I am not built to do and so many things I don't love to do, but look at all these people around me that they do that so well. And it's not me. And these are things that I get to do. And, uh, it just gives us an appreciation for our brothers and sisters, gives us an appreciation for the way that he's called and equipped us as well. Absolutely, I can't help but think about, uh, you know, first Corinthians 13, when it says that the Holy Spirit will give the gifts according to his will. Mm. Uh, and then it makes me think about, I don't know, uh, Ephesians four, uh, when it talks about how everybody in the body, um, given their gifts will play a, a role in the body. And then, and then the apostle Paul goes on to write the fact that every part of the body is held together by joints and when healthy and when in, an, in a working order will work together to build itself up in love. Mm. Like, and, and you and I have shared pl- plenty of conversations about how I appreciate your gift of uh, your spiritual gift of teaching, because I don't bear that weight as heavy with with uh, with having to have that responsibility on me when I got guys like you and, mm-hmm. and, and the and vice versa with with my spiritual gifting. And this this brings a greater appreciation of the whole body. But what it yeah. also does is it brings a closer responsibility that we should be playing our roles. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. And that's what's so beautiful about it. Right. Is that. It's not that, you know, I never have to do anything that's uncomfortable for me, but at the same time, man, I don't have this hero complex, right? right? Like I want to say, you just use you and me here for example. Yeah. I want to, I want to teach people and encourage them and equip them from God's word. Yeah. And, uh, what would be exhausting to me and honestly make me worse at that side of things is then also having to go visit them in the hospital and check up on them and call them. Cause I'm, I'm a little introverted guy and I just, man, that kills me. And so to know that that's how God's gifted you and that you get to go run in that and do that. Like we're now tag teaming in this ministry and we're just a little microcosm of this is happening throughout our whole church in volunteers in leaders and staff and all of that. And so there's just something so cool about the way that God's designed us to work together. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to be so Pokemon in the way yeah, I was saying that. It's there. But it's there. Yeah. I, I loved it. And what's great, like you said, we are just you and I. And what I thought was a great picture of the weekend uh, with Pastor Todd using that illustration, man, it took a group of people, of like-minded people with the same goal at the same time. Imagine if one tried to lift at once and the other five were like, wait, are we going yet? 
you know that wouldn't yeah. work. that wouldn't work well they would be all clunky they'd you know probably drop it on someone's foot and, and here's the thing think of that in your lives think of the relationships that we have like how often do we feel like we're putting all the effort towards a community and nobody else is or other yeah. times we're on cruise control and everyone else is like oh we're going to give effort to these relationships right now i think what ends up happening is we saw a beautiful picture of everyone and i don't even, i don't i can't recall if they did the countdown like okay three two one then lift um but yeah. it all, at the same time in unity towards the same goal. And I think that yeah. again, when, when you get into a group and, and when we're called to do life together, to, to carry each other's burdens, um, Jack, you, you and I aren't enough or sufficient to, to, to carry the burdens of a church. That's why we do have, you know, all the pastors that are on staff. And that's why we do have such an awesome, well-built children's ministry and kids ministry. They have such great programming and they teach kids the Bible. This is so awesome. But again, it would take more than you and I. I mean, we're raising little ones as it, as it, as it goes right now. But on the weekends, they have people like Debbie. They have people like Rayanne. They have people like Haley or even here on the Victorville campus. They have Aaliyah. They have all these great volunteers and leaders who have a burden to teach kids the Bible. And, yeah. and, and I take that so like heavily when it comes to relying on a, on a church um, to play their role in the lives of kids, to know that, you know, yeah. community is not an option. Community is, is a design that we're, we're meant to both, you know, play a role in and be a part of. So I think that, man, it's such a great application when you think about carrying each other's burdens. Yeah. And what I loved about this weekend too, that I thought was so good it, and it wasn't even just about the way that the message was preached. It's just the way it's written in Galatians 6. Yeah. Is like, and then there are some things that you should carry on your own. And it's yeah. inappropriate and it's awkward if you make other people carry those burdens. Yeah. And I thought that was such a good, when I think about very caring Christians throughout my whole life, I think about generally people who have zero boundaries. And they will end up carrying a lot of burdens yeah. for other people that they have no business carrying. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great encouragement to maybe the more compassionate people in the room that just because somebody's got a burden and they've got something going on doesn't mean that it's yours to help them carry. Yeah. Because sometimes they got themselves there. Sometimes they're going to end up in the exact same spot because there's things and responsibilities that they're not taking on. So what would you say? Because you're a a very, like you said, compassion is a gift of yours. Yeah. How have you worked on having some boundaries, some lines in the sand that mm. say, man, that's not my burden. And as much as I hurt for you, as much as that seems like that would be challenging, that is, that's yours and you need to figure that out. How have you kind of towed that line of figuring out where those boundaries are? Yeah, no, that's a good question, Jackson. That's a good question. I think that when I consider Anything that I would want to say in response to that, I, I think of my individual relationship, my vertical relationship with God first. Uh, I, I would think the amount of wisdom that needs to be applied to a question like that can only come from a meek confidence of being in the word and knowing God's will. Hmm. Um, I think that my lack of boundaries often shows and rears its ugly head uh, when I make myself the solution for people's problems. Mm. Is that okay to say? Is that safe to say? Because I'll tell you, man, um, if, if and when people come, uh, because here's the thing. One, another thing that we as a church offer, and I, and I forgot to mention this earlier, another thing that we offer is anyone on staff, any, I know I know for a fact any of the pastors on staff uh, and, and niche folks towards different you know things that we have or, or that are requested of, we provide ears for sound counsel. Uh, and then we also leverage even partnerships that we've mentioned even in the weeks prior to this. We, we, we have a partnership with Genesis Council. 
we, we offer these kinds of things to help people on either a more long-term basis or a very in-depth basis. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I need to make sure where I'm at every day, uh, and man, do I fall short, but I, I strive for it, is to be in the word, to know God's word, to know his will. And that's how that's how I, I work with the mind frame. I can't wake up thinking I'm going to be a good husband today without reading the word. I'm going to be honest, man. And in the days that I don't prioritize reading the word, even though I'm, I'm in the word or I'm studying or I'm writing something or we're doing these things, when I'm not in the word that God and I would be on this vertical relationship together and I would know his will to live his will, um, it shows. It, it, it shows in my in my family. It shows in my, my relationship with my wife and my boys and my little girl, Ruby. But what, what happens is when when I make myself the solution for others' problems, man, I get expended like that, right? Like I yeah. get out like a sponge uh, and, and there's nothing left of me. And when I experience those things, I understand that my boundaries aren't where, where they ought to be mm. uh, because I'm convinced that when we read God's word to know his will, we tend to make ourselves less of the solution. Mm. If we're honest, and and if I'm honest right now, uh, in humility, I would consider others above myself rather than I think I can do this for this person. Mm. Because what is it about their situation that is calling them to either me or or at any given time, God calling them to himself? So Mm. what I have to do is be able to, one, be vertically right with the Lord, know his will, worship him, praise him, thank him, Pray to him. And I know I know that pray for one another is coming up and I know it's going to be a great message on each campus. So that'll be good. But one of the things that we can take from this is when people come to us, come to you, when when our oikos presents us with an opportunity to help them in any way, to help in any way that we can actually carry these burdens. You know, I would I would highly, highly um, encourage that we would one be in prayer about everything. And then two, uh, well, be in prayer about everything and be in prayer about the opportunities that are already going to come. Your, your world mm-hmm. is hurting and in need of the God you know. And then two, um, know God's will by knowing his word. I mean, mm-hmm. pray, like, like pray for those opportunities. Read the word to be equipped to carry out the mm-hmm. ministry. To You know, Ephesians 4 says equipping the, the saints to carry out the work of ministry. And I think it's, it's truly being as healthy as we can with the relationship with God. Uh, and allowing that to be an outpouring and an overpouring into the relationships in our lives. For those that are married, it's it's your spouse. For those mm-hmm. who, who also have children, it's 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 your family. You know, these this initial and this primary ministry uh, ought to be so filled um, that the ministry beyond that con- first concentric circle um, will will again be blessed by the overpouring that you know God's blessed you with. So I think that man, there, there's there's almost prerequisites in order to make yourself an effective source of sound doctrine. Mm. Um, and, and when we wake up and we chase that, man, I think that's what brings fulfillment. That's what brings energy, but that's what brings purpose and, and knowing God's will. Yeah. yeah. I would, I would just kind of encourage that and recommend that. Yeah. That's a great recommendation. It's such a cool, like, this is what I think is cool about that rhythm of reading God's word, being in prayer and seeking his will is I think very early on in our faith, that is to grow in obedience. That's like the primary thing that we're seeking in that. But if that's the reason why you're showing up in the first place, uh, hopefully you become less and less motivated over time because you're going to start becoming more obedient. And so then you're like, shoot, why do I still do this? Why do I still come to his word? Why do I still pray? Why do I still seek his will? Because in general, I'm beginning to obey him more and more. And it's like, well, it wasn't always just about generating obedience in your life. 
it's so that you can live with a confidence yeah. that when you're faced with a situation and you feel the prompting of the spirit to say, that's not my burden to bear. You can in confidence say, that's not mine to bear Yeah, and step away. Or when you feel that burden of, I don't think that's mine to bear, but oh wait, the spirit's telling me I need to get involved here. I can act. And so what that, that consistency and being in pursuit of those things does is it brings you to a point where you can now be ministering to other people in confidence. And I think that's a level that not many people get to when it comes to reading God's word, praying and seeking his will. Cause most of the time it stays in the me category, which I think for longtime Christians gets very challenging to keep coming back for that reason. But it's like, man, if I keep seeking this, it gives me actually exponentially more confidence for yeah. the way that I interact with other people and yep. the way that I operate in ministry because I'm so in, I'm so entrenched in who he is in his word that I, I'm not always going to get it right, but I can have a lot of confidence in what that kind of gut Holy Spirit thing that's happening in me. I can yep. have a lot of confidence that that's coming from a sound base. And yeah. so I, I'm quicker to act on it. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. I, you know, I also think of first Peter, you know, when it, when it talks about um, why you'll experience the trials and the sufferings of all kinds, which honestly, there's a lot of times when, why is the first question we ask when we're going through a trial? Um, and, and, you know, the book of first Peter says, uh, well, it just says, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, um, the, although you may suffer trials of all kinds, it is so it is for the testing of the genuineness of your faith. That's the mm. thing. It's the testing of the genuineness of your faith. For a couple of verses, he goes on to describe um, the genuineness, like, again, more precious than gold, although refined through fire will perish in time. But that this this testing of your faith may result in inexpressible and glorious joy. And if mm. you've been on our new website and you've been able to search around, I put a little excerpt of an inexpressible and glorious joy on there just because of how important that looks like while you're going through trials. While you're doing these things and at the same time, while you're discerning whether I whether I, I literally shoulder this with my brother or sister in Christ, whether I shoulder this with someone in my world, uh, whether I have the boundaries of the discipline to say, um, I'll be praying for you. And, and during this time, uh, I, I pray that, you know, God would make his will more evident to you as you go through this trial. Yeah. Oh, that's so good, bro. Well, yeah. thank you for taking the time to encourage us and thank you for the way that you serve our church, serve God's people, and carry the walk with so many people through so many burdens. I appreciate the way that as we talk about that this weekend, just the way that you model that and that you're consistent there. Uh, and I know our church is better for it. So thank you for that. And uh, it, love man. you. Appreciate you, bro. Absolutely, man. I hope that this encourages someone and uh, and, and I'm, I'm eager to see the, the ministry that's going to take place in the future. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all we got for this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hope that you are enjoying these weird ones where we're not in the studio, but uh, we'll be back soon enough. And uh, be looking out for episode 100 coming real soon. It's going to be a blast. Um, but we'll catch you guys next week. See ya.